Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic. Found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Justine Marino is a comedian who joined the Groundlings shortly after moving from Denver to Los Angeles and found herself working as a tour guide at Universal Studios while also performing stand-up at night. Her first big break came in the Jenny McCarthy comedy special, Dirty Sexy Funny, which came out on Epics in 2014 and also featured a then-unknown Tiffany Haddish. Later that year, Marino got new faces at Montreal's Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. More recently, she developed a live comedy dance competition with Heidi Heaslett at the comedy store called Stand Up to the Streets, which has been developed into a TV series for E! The Funny Dance Show debuts in March 2020 on E! I sat down with Marino in Los Angeles to chart all of her comedy and dance steps, so let's get to it! Justine Marino. Hi! Um... Thanks for welcoming me. Of course. I know you're busy in post-production Yes. for the Funny Dance Show. Yes, we are. On the E-Network. Yeah, it's exciting, but it's a lot of work. But yes, it's going to be good. Now, when you were growing up in Denver, mm-hmm. did you think that your big, your big thing was going to be dancing on television? Well, what's so funny is that I've always loved dance mm-hmm. and I took classes not super consistently but I've always just been a huge fan mm-hmm. um, and then the year that I moved out here was the year that So You Think You Can Dance started okay. uh, on Fox yeah. and I was obsessed with the whole first season um, more so than comedy? well it was actually before I got into stand up even I came out for acting Okay, and um, so you didn't do any comedy in Denver? No, I started comedy out here, which a lot of people get confused because I go to Denver so much because the scene has been so welcoming and treats me as if I'm one of their own. Um, But I actually started out here. Okay. Um, I came out for acting and I started pretty quickly after moving here doing classes at the Groundlings. How old were you then? I was 20 when I moved out here. And I started Groundlings pretty soon. Um, What was your Groundlings experience like? It was good. It was really intense, though. Um, you know, I came out and I tried a few different acting classes and they all just seemed so to take themselves so seriously that I was like, this is not the right vibe for me. And someone suggested doing Groundlings and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go check it out. And I just fell in love with comedy and the culture and uh, was obsessed with improv for a, a few years and sketch. Um, so... Were you obsessed with making Sunday Company and Main Company? I, I was for a minute, mm-hmm. um, and I was actually the whole reason I started stand up was because I was on the wait list for one of the upper levels at Groundlings, um, and you know the wait back then. I think they have more classes now, but back then it was like you would have to wait a year and a half to get into the next class. Really? Yeah. So in that time period, someone suggested I try stand-up, and I did, and it just felt like a better fit for me, Um, because I loved improv. I'm not a huge character person. Like, they really need you to be at the Groundlings, so... Right, if if you want to train to audition for SNL or... Yes, and that was never really my goal, Um, but, so, it was... What was was your acting goal? I mean, to do, you know, sitcom and movies Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, Um, but... 
I yeah, it was it was just so immediate my love for stand up. You know, I did it once. It, it went not terribly, and I just, where was that first time? Ha ha cafe, <laughs> and then That's in North Hollywood. Yeah, it's in North Hollywood, and um, yeah, it went pretty well. And I mean, partially because I had a lot of friends in the audience, but <laughs> then pretty soon after, I just started hitting the open mic scene really really hard. Um, you know, with like. Uh, Josh Adam Myers and yeah. Gerard Carmichael and Yasser Lester and Rel Battle and all those guys. That was your class? Of- that was my class. Yeah. What was the open mic scene like then? What year was this? 20- this was 2008. 2008. Yeah. So, so what the, was the open mic scene like in 2008? It was a lot of shitty sandwich shops on Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I ever went to actually closed pretty shortly after. It was called Abbott's Habit. <laughs> um, and that's where I met Yasser and Josh and all them for the first time. And then we would just go to like three, four mics a night all along... Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard, and yeah, it was fun. It was grueling, but it was fun, and you really felt a sense of community because you would see the same people over and over, and it really was like going to school and being in a class, you know? Did it feel competitive? Um, it, it's hard because I was one of the few girls. There were, there were a couple other girls, but... Um, I, I never really got a sense of competition. I think I've always been someone who's so competitive within myself that that was the only competition I really saw. It was like, can I beat how many open mics I, I went to last night tonight? Mm-hmm. That was kind of the... Um, so in terms of trying to graduate from the open mics to getting a paid spot. Yeah, it it happened so organically. I was just like, I'll just... Well, what really... Um, was influential on me was I went to the infl- uh, the improv one night and Whitney Cummings was hosting a show um, and it was was the lab open yet no, it was the old lab so it was a, a a way more black box it felt more like the belly room version of the lab okay. over there um, but I was at the improv in the main room and Whitney mm-hmm. was hosting a show and I just thought she was amazing and I went up to her after and it was before I think she was just, doing Chelsea roundtable stuff at that point. She hadn't yeah. grown up. Um, no, for, if you're talking the 2008, 2009. Yeah. So she, I went up to her and I was like, you're amazing. Uh, what can I do? You're like, you've got it. You've, you're so funny. How can I be like you, basically? And she was so sweet. She gave me her email. She watched some of my videos, gave me feedback. And she basically was just like, just work as much as you can. Don't worry about trying to get a manager or anything. Just go do any spot you can. And that's what I did. I would do up to 14 spots a week, which in New York is kind of standard. I think it's a little bit easier here. You have to really drive. I was driving to Canoga Park to perform in a bowling alley. Like it was, you really had to time it out perfectly because of traffic, mileage, parking, all that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, I think I just had blinders on either side, like a horse, you know, that's a reference, right? Yes, that is a reference. (laughs) Horses have blinders on when they're racing. Right. So they stay on the track. Exactly. So I felt like I was just, after Mm -hmm. having that conversation with her, I was so focused on, I'm just going to do the next show that I can do. And then I remember... But that requires enough chutzpah to go up to Whitney at the first place. Yeah. I was, I was just crazy I think and just wanted it so badly you know and felt so strongly that this was my path that I was willing to do whatever talk Mm -hmm. to anyone do as many shows as I needed to to just kind of 
boots to the ground and keep going, you know? So then how did, how long did that grind take before one of the clubs was ready to so, book you? Yeah, so um, it's so interesting with the improv. I don't even remember. I just like ended up doing, I forget, was it, I think maybe a friend of mine was running a show mm-hmm. and I got money after that show and that was like, oh, now you're a you're approved to perform there, you know? So that was kind of, there was never a moment where they were like, you're a regular here, you know? It was just kind of like, oh, one one day I just started getting money. It's not like the comedy store where they make a big to-do over No, no, it wasn't. Um, and then the comedy store, I, Tommy, uh, when he was the booker, started giving me development spots, um, which I still do development spots there. Um so hopefully I'll get past one of these what days. What is a development spot? That's the kind of the um, just under when they make you a paid regular. Basically, mm-hmm. they'll kind of take the newer comics under their wings and give them a five-minute spot here or there in the independently produced shows. Not in their main, okay. you know, original in- room. Not in the regular lineups, okay. but they'll throw you some stage time here and there. So I've been doing those for a couple okay. years. I wasn't sure because when I look at, cause they post their lineups mm-hmm. and I often don't recognize the names at the beginning and the end of the night. Yeah. So I didn't know if those were the development spots too. Or no. no, those are paid regulars too. Um, if it's the, the original room is usually always their paid regulars mm-hmm. only. Um, but the main room has a couple of independently produced shows and then the belly room is, uh, pretty much all independently okay. produced. Yeah, so I, um, you know, got in with them pretty fast. Uh, I, I started going to the comedy store really quickly into doing stand-up, doing the potluck Monday night, and then I got on the friends and family list, which is they'll throw you up every week um, during the open mic, and then you just kind of work your way. It's a real grind there. You know, you really work your way up. So, um, But you do have one of the independently produced shows. I do. Which is... Where this all came about. It, it, totally, yeah. It's, Did you... Were, before we jump really into that, yeah. though, uh, were you doing anything at the Laugh Factory or no? I did. You know, I did the open mic um, at the Laugh Factory, where, you know, where you go and Jamie has to see you, and he approved me for their Fresh Faces show, and I think I did that a couple times. And then since then, I'll get um, Laugh Factory shows now and then. I, I'm not there a ton. I'm mostly at the Comedy Store and, and then the Improv, and I do the Ice house quite a lot too. Okay, in Pasadena. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first time I did like an outside of LA show though, I remember I was at a, one of the shitty sandwich shops mm-hmm. on Sunset and I did a set and um, this guy named Assad who no longer does comedy, but at the time he was running Comedy Juice. Okay. Um, and he asked me to host an Irvine, uh, the Irvine Improv one on a Tuesday night and I was just thrilled. I was like, oh, it's working. People are seeing. This is how it goes, yeah. you know? So you just kind of get little crumbs that keep you going. <laughs> how many times did you audition for Just for Laughs before you got new faces? Oh, uh, I would say four, I think. I auditioned pretty soon. At, like, before I was ready, um, I think I was maybe two years in. And um, they said I was good, but kind of green. Mm-hmm. And then I just did it like two or three more times and finally got it on the last time. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, that's a f- fun one to check off the list. So when you get that, w- what's going on in your life when you got new faces? Um, because most people right. think that that's going to be the game changer. So when I got new faces, I had been having a pretty good year. I had just... 
um, shot a special that Jenny McCarthy did called Dirty Sexy Funny. Oh, so they they booked you before you even got new faces? Yes. Yeah. How did they see you? Um, well, that was done by Levity, uh-huh. and I had done the... Uh, Cabo Comedy Festival. I don't know if you caught that one. I think it ran for a year or two, um, which uh, was fun. The shows were kind of hit or miss, but I had a good set mm-hmm. uh, on one of them, and they saw me from that. And I think my agent had been kind of talking to them about me, and then they offered me so you had representation. a spot. I did have representation. I got representation actually hosting a comedy juice show at the Hollywood Improv one night. Um, and... Were you still working a day job or no? Yes. I was a tour guide at Universal Studios oh, nice. for like ever, for a really long but time. But that's a, that's a perfect kind of yeah. day job for a performer. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I got that job when because I was Because you're still 22. honing your exactly. audience skills. And my favorite part of that job was not even doing the tours. They would have this, they had this position where you would stand at the bottom of the escalator and greet people. Mm-hmm. And I would just stand there and do crowd work for like eight hours a day. So I would say that's where a lot of of my crowd work skills. I, I had a job working at the Space Needle in Seattle. Yeah. And yeah, total yeah. crowd work. Yeah. And especially because it's so low pressure there that it's like, it doesn't, no one's going to see you and be like, and the turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Tourists. So I got, a, I actually got a couple bits working at the bottom of the escalator at Universal Studios. Any that you, any that you used at New Faces or still use? Or? Not that I used at New Faces, um, but some of my, like if I see someone wearing a vest, usually it has to do with what people are wearing because I would mm-hmm. just comment on their outfits <laughs> but I, or food it, that they were eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay, so, yeah. so, so I, you were working Universal. Working Universal. You get this TV special. Yes, which with was Jenny McCarthy. Incredible. It was crazy. We shot it the day after Thanksgiving. I literally worked Thanksgiving Day at Universal Studios. Who else was on that? Tiffany Haddish, mm-hmm. um, Lynn Coplitz, mm-hmm. uh, Tammy Pescatelli, and um, Paula Bell. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was, you and Tiffany were like the young. We were the young. Yeah, we were the newer. And it was fun because I had worked with Tiffany couple years earlier on the CBS Diversity Showcase, I had, I had written on that, okay. and she was a performer. Um, so I had gotten to, kn- to know her through that. So that was fun to both be on it. Um, but yeah, so we, we filmed that, and then and then also around that time, I booked NACA Nationals, um, which is, you know, the college colleges, circuit. Yeah. yeah. And um, How many colleges did you get out of that? I think I got like 20. Yeah. So I did okay. I know some people who just like, kill it but i was happy with you know the college scene is um it's fun but it wasn't any it wasn't something that i wanted to end up doing but if you have steady day job you booked a tv special and you booked 20 colleges that's gotta so that's gotta sustain yeah so like both financially and emotionally absolutely so that um we did the NACA was in February. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually, I was flying the night that the Jenny McCarthy special aired. I had to like have my mom live tweet for me because I was on a plane, <laughs> which I don't recommend ever having your mom live tweet for you. No. Just, just don't live tweet. It, it's not worth it. Um, but I, <laughs> so I did that and then I... Like the following month, I took a leave of absence from Universal, which I just, you know, said I'm not going to be here for a few months and, you know, held on so I could still get my benefits because mm-hmm. I had insurance through them. And oh, nice. They have really good insurance. Um, and I'm a hypochondriac. So, you know, got to got to get that insurance. Um, and 
like basically the week after such a funny turn of events, seeing how much stuff overlapped and just kind of gained momentum and kept going because a week or two after I went on the leave of absence, I auditioned for a commercial. It was the same night that I was going in, uh, going up for new faces. I booked the commercial and then, you know, new faces, they don't tell you for a while. So I felt really good about how my set went. I got a call back the night of the callback. It was at the laugh factory. It was the later show. It was not a good crowd. It was very sparse. The first few people did not do well. The guy who went up before me started to kind of get them. And I went up and thank God I did well enough to get a spot. But yeah, I just, I think because I was so like, okay, this is not the ideal circumstance. You know, Mm -hmm. I just kind of resigned to that and commented on what was happening in the room rather than trying to just crush with my A material. But when you get new faces, having the year that you are already having... Does that make the trip to Montreal no pressure then? Because you're like, I've already, I've already booked a TV special. I've just booked a commercial. I've got 20 colleges. Yeah. I don't need to worry that this is a make it or break it moment for me. It did kind of take the pressure off a little bit. And I think I felt a certain confidence from having had all that stuff happen, you know, like, oh, stuff can work out. You can Mm -hmm. book, you know. Um, just after so many years of kind of a lot of no's, you know. Um, and, yeah, I would say I, I, it did alleviate some of the pressure because I had other things going on. Um, but I still wanted to go in and do well. And it's funny because I still, I don't, I rarely get nervous doing stand-up ever. Um, but that night it was just an uncontrollable, the night of the big showcase, you know, mm-hmm. the one with, with all the industry comes. There's the smaller show after, but the big one. Right, the first one. Is yeah, the we were all kind of like shitting our pants a little bit. like, And people I've known for years, we, were, we don't, again, we're so used to it, but mm-hmm. it was kind of just an involuntary, visceral response to the you know, situation. Yeah, you're in, a, you're in a foreign country. Yeah. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. Because until now, there wasn't an Amazon Prime series about <laughs> docu-series Absolutely. about Jezreel Labs to tell you what it's, what it's supposed to look like. Totally. So you're going in blind. Yeah. And all you have are secondhand stories of people saying, oh, you could get like a s- development yeah. deal or... yeah. Or you might end your career. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it like for you after? It was good. I made some really great um, connections with some girls over at MTV mm-hmm. and uh, got some work from them later in the year. Um, I, I booked a pretty big show that did not end up getting picked up. It was supposed to be kind of like the next TRL. Um oh. Yeah, Mateo Lane and I both booked it, which would have been fun. And that's why I was almost going to move to New York if it got oh, for that. picked up. Yes. Um, but then it didn't. And when it didn't get picked up, did, did that feel like a, a blow? It felt a, like a blow because it was so, I, you know, I grew up on TRL. So that was like my dream, which sounds so stupid. But like I, my, my inner to be the voice of a new yeah, generation totally. of teenagers. I could be this generation's Carson Daly. Um, 
No, but I, yeah, I really, I really was I'm, excited about it. I'm picturing it. you and Mateo in Times Square yeah. hosting all of this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I could picture it. Yeah. And there were a couple other comics, and it was a funny show, but I think a lot of it was the, um, a, a new regime came in and mm-hmm. they kind of just cl- cleared the slate. So, but it happens, you know? How close were you mentally to moving? Well, I mean, I was looking into stuff, you know, when you do that kind of thing, you mm-hmm. you know what the deal is, you know the contract, all the what you w- would be making if you, you know what I mean? So I started right. kind of looking and they wanted to do it all fast. Um so yeah, but it didn't happen and how long did it take after that fell through to then move on to the next idea or just move on in general? Yeah, I mean, I am someone who I try to just immediately move on to the next. I, I'm pretty positive, especially for a comic, I would say. Um, but it did hurt, you know, mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a, it was, it was a big, it was pretty heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, but I, I mean, I had a good support system and just, you just got to keep grinding, you know? And I think the biggest lesson from that is, and from Montreal and kind of that whole year, because I, I kind of booked a lot of things that it's like, oh, this is the thing that's going to... But there's never one thing. It's really a process of a lot of things coming together that gets you to that point. Have you done a pilot season? Um, I, I've gone out for pilots, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've um, mostly gone out for a lot of uh, you know series regular roles, which um, later go to bigger names, which I totally understand. So... Um, but yeah, I was at this point more focused on stand up and hosting and that kind of thing. Um, where did the idea for stand up to the streets come? So I was, um, going into a lot of general meetings with, you know, TV executives and everything. And they'd always be like, what are you watching? And I'd be like, dance shows, man, (laughs) I just love dance shows. And that's all I wanted to talk about. And I loved all the step-up movies, any mm-hmm. dance, terrible dance movie that comes out. I'm here. I'm seeing it. Opening night. Um, so I just really had a, an appreciation for that culture. Mm-hmm. And um, I one night, it was in late, like maybe September of 2016, I just had this, I was like, what if I just like had a dance show. I said it to my boyfriend. I was like, I think I want to do a show where I make comedians dance and I get to do a dance. It was mostly so that I could do a dance and make people watch full disclosure. Um, well, it's your show. Yeah. So I I just, I think also part of me had, um, always maybe wanted to be a pop star or a dancer and Mm -hmm. felt like that ship had sailed being in my early thirties at this point. So, Hey, your Instagram, you seem like a, you seem like a pop star. Thank you so much. That's, that's why I'm, that's the image I'm trying to curate. (laughs) You're doing a great job. Thanks so much. Um, so yeah, I had that idea and I was kind of trying to think of who I could, sorry, that's my parking gate. Um, who I could, uh, get to kind of, run it with and who would be down to do something you like that. You didn't want to try to do it all on yourself. Yeah, I just felt, and I really felt like it would be fun if it was a team versus team okay. situation. Um, dance so, off. Yeah, a dance off, a true dance off. <laughs> so um, I had known Heidi Heaslet for a few years. She had hung around in the comedy scene early in my days and then I kind of lost touch with her and then she started doing stand-up herself 
um, a couple years ago and we hung out in the same crowd and I had hung out with her a few times. We had gone on a hike because we're very L.A. Um, and <laughs> she was I knew she was on this um, comedic dance troupe called oh. the L.A. Uh, City Municipal Dance Squad, okay. which is run by, um, I think, Angela Trimber, if you're familiar with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew she was on that, and I had just seen her just crush at house parties on the dance floor. So I was like, I feel like she would maybe be willing to dance in public. Um, so <laughs> on the I, regular? Yeah. So I just kind of hit her up. We weren't super tight. Like I said, we were friends, but mm-hmm. we weren't like besties who, who hung out all the time. But I just had this instinct to see if she would want to do this, and she said yes. And Then how did you go about finding the venue and the time and the so we it's that. it's so funny so we i was like i think we want to do it in the belly room um and then i got connected with coach t who is the dj for roast battle mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it was i just loved the energy of roast battle and i was like I the wave the wave, yeah. all of that and just that it's electric in that room mm-hmm. when it's a full night and just with the music and i wanted to create something that was like a positive version of that you know what i mean with like glitter and sparkles so (laughs) i hit up coach t and he was down to do it and then we were talking about where we wanted to run it and i immediately thought of the belly room um we did look at the improv lab but becky robinson was with us there one night and she was kind of feeling behind the curtain of that stage and she was like yeah you can't do a twerking handstand on this stage for sure so (laughs) becky robinson really helped seal the deal that the hey you gotta have room to twerk you do especially in an upside down handstand position um so i hit up emily laford Mm -hmm. our she works at the store she does she's and i've known her for many years um since she worked at the improv when i started and um you know, she was like, let me get you a date. It's going to be a, a little ways away. So it was literally from October. Our date was supposed to be January 25th. Um, it got bumped to February because Joe Rogan needed the room. So, you know, I, hey, I, I, hey, I get it. It happens. Um, yeah. So then we did the first one and it was uh, Jeremiah Watkins and Johnny Scordis versus John Renitsky and uh, Becky Robinson. Okay. And it was... John Rudinsky had gotten SNL based on a dancing comedic skit. And he had already done SNL. Like, why? how we got him to say yes to do do this was Mm -hmm. insane. (laughs) But he came and Mm -hmm. uh, they did it. it Who were the judges? It was Justin uh, Martindale, who's Mm -hmm. our... Uh, resident judge who resident we, Simon Cowell yes and we knew we wanted that from the beginning mm-hmm. you know we we had signed him on immediately because Justin and I used to live together and we would watch so you think you can dance and he would just be throwing shade at everyone <laughs> um so we knew we wanted him so we had Justin we had Fahim Anwar um as oh. his as Lance can't stop right. if you're familiar he's a dancing alter ego character yes. um so we had Lance mm-hmm. Justin and then this guy Tim Milligram who is um pretty big in the dance world he films a lot of all those cool Instagram oh, dance okay. videos i think i think he used to be a dancer he's just he was immersed in the dance world Heidi knew him okay um so yeah we knew we wanted it to be two comedians and a dance expert so when you do the first show, are you already thinking long term that it could be TV no. or anything? No, you're just thinking it could. It's I, a fun thing to do. I thought we would maybe do it once, <laughs> which. But after that first show, um, 
I will say it was pretty much, it was three quarters of the way full when we started. And by the end of the show, it was just packed in there. Um, so, yeah, we were like, okay, maybe we, we're on to something here. And I remember Jeremiah and John Rednitsky both that night said, this will be on television in a year. Um, and we were like, okay, that's cool. But we'll see, you know. So we got another date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then production companies started coming out. And, um, yeah, people just kind of started creating a lot of buzz about it. and started. How did the production companies... Well, we had a friend. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend in casting uh, named Phyllis Koblenz, who's mm-hmm. amazing, and she um, knows a lot of production companies. And she started getting the word out, and just after she came to that first show, and just hit up everyone and was like, "Hey, this is going to be something. You guys got to come check this out." So we had a lot of production companies come out. Uh, we took meetings with a ton of them. Um, after our third show, we actually got an offer from a network um, that we ended up passing on. But that was like after a third show that we were just throwing on ourselves. It was kind of like, this is crazy. So yeah, what, what was that without like saying to me, what was that offer like? What would that show have been? It, it was just, it was, um, it wasn't, I'm not sure how much I'm legally allowed to oh. say. Um, was, would it have been like a game show? No, 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 or no. Or? I think it was just, it was more of just like developing it into okay. something. So it was, it was very, the very early stages of it. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a ordering a pilot okay. or anything. So when I saw it live, geez, it must've been two, two years or a year and a half ago. Because I know it was, I know you had Becky Robinson and Chris Red. Yes. Yeah. And um, and one of the judges was from So You Think You Can Dance. Yes. But you hadn't had the TV deal yet. No. Oh, so but also. You, but you're already having like. Okay. So here's how that. Connects. But you're already getting like. It's crazy. The dancing people. It, it, the dance community has embraced this show so much. Um, so I have a friend named Nelson Diaz, who mm-hmm. I was a tour guide with at Universal, who has now become a dance manager and he manages Twitch and Allison Holker and fiction. He Mm -hmm. manages all the biggest dancers that you see on. So you think and all those Mm -hmm. shows. So he came to one of the shows and was like, let me help you. And he started bringing a ton of just, so you think you can dance dancing with the stars, people step up people. And the dance community, like I said, has just embraced this show. We were like, I hope they don't think we're like shitting on their (laughs) industry, but they, could not be more supportive and they they love to come have a good time like we had people from so you think you can dance just hanging out and coming to watch people who i've been such a fan of for years so. right what's that like when your your little homage yeah. to them is getting them coming it's, on as it was fans crazy of, of there you. was there was one time so there's and they're fans of you for like the dancing not for your stand like yeah, not even it's for cr- the stand it's crazy they are fans of my dancing thank you for saying <laughs> that Sean <laughs> Well, there's not that much stand-up that's no, there's in it, not. so it's not like the... Yeah, totally. But they... So it was... I, like, shit my pants once. Sorry for <laughs> lack of a better term. But she... There was... Nelson was coming. He was mm-hmm. bringing one of my... Already one of my top favorite dancers. His name's Cyrus, and he's mm-hmm. amazing. I was obsessed with him on So You Think. And I was not expecting this other beautiful dancer who I fell in love with the season after Cyrus's. Her name's Jasmine Harper, and she 
was incredible and so you think you can dance and she also uh has been dancing with beyonce basically ever since that show so Mm -hmm. i've been following her so she she was like hey i'm jasmine and i was like oh my i almost wept i was so (laughs) taken aback and just uh yeah it was it was really crazy but also a cool feeling yeah uh at that point is it just a given that it's going to become a tv show I think you had passed on on one network offer to develop it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think part of that, I mean, part of that was like our lawyers being like, you can't, you know, we're like, well, someone wants it. But they're like, you haven't taken it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Like if this were like, let's see what the other networks want to do. So we kept meeting with production companies. We ended up signing with Ugly Brother, Mm -hmm. um, who did the comedy jam for Comedy Central and have done a ton of great stuff. And um in December of 2017, um, which we had started the show in February, we just started doing some network showcases. And um, in January, E came and they ordered a pilot. <laughs> and it was kind of crazy. How long between doing the pilot did you find out that you were going to get to do a seri- a season of it? I think it was about a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And how... How much is the season going to look like what the pilot looked like? It's, it's, um, you know, the pilot ended up being more of almost a presentation, Mm -hmm. um, because it was a half hour and the series will be an hour each episode. Um, so, I mean, it's still the similar vibe of there being three rounds and everything, but we tweaked it and punched it up a little bit. I don't want to say too much, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I'm excited. It's just, I feel like we've really retained the essence of what we did in the belly room, which was, I think, our main concern um, is just keeping that energy and magic. Now, in terms of selling it on the comedians, like it's one thing to sell them on being foolish dancing yeah. in the belly room where yeah. there's 60 people. Right. But then to tell them, okay, can you make a fool of yourself for a million plus people yeah. on um, TV? You'd be surprised. And become a meme. Yeah. Well, are you willing to become a meme? <laughs> the answer is yes. Many comedians are willing to become a meme. Um, also, since we were paying them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they were a little bit more into it. But, but because you're because you're paying them to do something other than the stand, right? I guess I, is more the. It was, you know, our booker uh, when we hired her had a really interesting uh, comment. She was like, "Well, this is so great. I'm sure all the comedians will want to do it because they get a TV credit and they don't have to burn any material," which was such true. a good, so true that's, because that's the best spin. That's a huge part of it. I think. Um, it's funny, my manager was like, you know, with, with this show, it's either a yes or a no. There's never like, let me think about it. People have a visceral reaction about whether they want to dance on television or not. And luckily the enough... funny dance show. Yes, exactly. So luckily enough, people wanted to. How... You know, you, so you filmed the show and now it's, you know, it's a waiting for it to come out. Right. How, how has it changed, like, what your motivations are now? In this whole interim where you're like, well, I've got this show coming out. Yeah. I think but it's... But nobody's seen it yet. Yeah. Totally. It's a, it's a really interesting... My life might change a whole bunch. It's it's a really interesting position to be in yeah. because, you know, we're editing and watching all these cuts and then sometimes it'll just dawn on me like, this is going to be on television 
and it's kind of crazy. Um, but I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. But also, I will say, I feel like it's opened my eyes to the possibility of like how much power we have as you know, artists, comedians, creators ourselves, and that we really can make stuff happen on our own, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, I think a lot of times people will be like, I'm not getting enough auditions. My reps aren't doing it. But it's like, you can do, just make cool stuff, you know, that you're passionate about. And, you know, just keep doing that. And I feel like the right thing will pop, you know? You've also picked up this other gig in the meantime, doing the lip sync. Oh, yeah. Breakdown, that was so interesting because... Which does allow you camera time and totally. joke time. Yeah, it's, it's great. And to have a raise your profile yeah absolutely and it was really fun and a fun and obviously i again i love dance and it was funny because i i did that of course after we shot my show and they were like wow she knows so much about dance <laughs> like they were blown away <laughs> let's get her critiquing on these celebrities yeah, basically. dancing and lip syncing totally totally so no but that's that was a fun little gig that i'm excited about so i know you you keep in touch with tiffany right yeah i do yeah you know, just talking about how you're in this weird position where your profile might change and yeah. you don't know. Has, has Tiffany been able to like be of any, you know, we advice are, or solid, like we, because you know, she went from doing her thing yeah. and being beloved by comedians to all of a sudden one movie role yeah. where she's not even the lead. And then, uh, yeah. And now she's, I mean, it's, in another, it's crazy. In another circle. You know, I don't think we keep in touch th- to that level. Okay. Um, it's more of like, you know, I'll shoot her a text on her birthday. Mm-hmm. And she was so sweet. Um, you know, Justin Martindale um, asked her if we could, you know, she hosted the movie award, MTV movie awards this past year. And she like got us tickets and took care of us. So like she was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And so I'll see her now and then. But okay. she's just so busy. You know, she's just constantly working. Well, then how is watching her go through that changed your mindset or approach? Um, I think it's just it, things can it just. Well, first of all. I look at Tiffany as someone who has been grinding forever and just been really fucking good for a long time. And it, you know, I'm so glad that she's now finally getting the recognition that I think she's always deserved, um, you know, because she knocked it out of the park back when we were doing the diversity showcase, you know, and it's still a couple years later. And then she got Carmichael's show and then, of course, Girls Trip. Yeah. So I think it's like if you just keep working and doing good work and grinding like I think it'll happen you know and and also just how fast things can change because like I said Tiffany's always been incredible but it just took that one thing to really set it off for her yeah are you ready for that to happen I think so I've been here for 14 years (laughs) I hope so Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that you uh, took some time with me before before you got too busy. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Hit me up in a few months. (laughs) Okay, I'll take you up on that. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, 
more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.